Hello and welcome to the final episode of PodPod. I'm your host, Rihanna Dillon, and joining me today for the last time are PodPod's Adam Shepard and Reem Makari. Hello, guys. Hi. Bit of a bittersweet recording today. If you've not already heard, at the end of Feb, PodPod is being merged into Campaign, which is our sister title covering the advertising and media industry. So Campaign is going to continue to deliver outstanding coverage of the audio and podcast industry. Although we're going to be saying goodbye to the brand, PodPod's mission is in very good hands. So how are you guys doing following that announcement? It's been uh, a bit of a roller coaster, uh, as you might imagine. It's been a lot of kind of internal uh, discussions, but I'm very confident in handing the work that we've been doing uh, over to Campaign, who I know are very passionate about the audio industry, both from an advertising perspective and in terms of the wider sort of media ecosystem. And Reem, there's no way that they're going to let you go. So what is is next for you for (laughs) post-PodPod? So I will be starting a new role um, as a reporter at Performance Marketing World, which is another brand within Haymarket. Uh Um, And I'm really excited because some of the stuff that Performance Marketing World covers is stuff that we've already covered on PopPod as well in terms of the advertising side. So it's not too much of a change. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm going to be exploring a new industry and speaking to new people and working with an established team where as much as I enjoyed working with Adam it was uh, literally two people leading the editorial team Mm. which is a lot Um, so now I'll actually be part of a a bigger team and um, it's it's going to be an exciting new chapter like it is hard to let go of PopPod um, just because uh, it's something that I've just seen grow as a brand it's your baby yeah, yeah, like literally, like I, I remember like the early pilot stages mm-hmm. um, of PopPod and then seeing it become an award winning brand. And so yeah, it, it is it is hard to let go, but I am really proud of it and I'm really proud of what we've done. And I'm sure that that campaign taking over and taking in all of the elements that made PopPod special, it's still going to continue to thrive. Mm. Adam, what about you? What's next? So I'm stepping into a new role as the head of podcasts for HBM's Marcoms division. So that includes brands like Performance Marketing World, Campaign and PR Week. Mm -hmm. And basically that means I'm going to be putting into practice a lot of the kind of tips and strategies that we've talked about over the last year and a half when it comes to podcast growth and monetization and uh, all of that kind of stuff. So very much kind of putting my money where my mouth is (laughs) or where my mouth has been. Uh, At the same time, I'm also going to be editor of the British Podcast Awards, which means assisting on the awards themselves in terms of things like overseeing elements of uh, the judge selection process and uh, various sort of back-end things like that, but also keeping the audience of the awards, uh, the entrants and the judges alike, uh, up to date with developments on the awards themselves, but also in the industry more generally. So you can expect things like profiles with winners, interviews, features on kind of notable trends within the sort of podcast creator community and uh, lots more great podcast-centric 
content from the awards going forward? So I've I've been involved in the British Podcast Awards since its conception in one way or another. I, I co-hosted one year with Clara Ampho. I've done backstage interviews. Mm. I've been the voice of God introducing the nominees. That's always <laughs> fun. Um, and I love it. I love being involved, especially being a judge. Like last year, I was one of the judges for the sex and relationships category and the wellbeing mm. podcast as well. And it's just, it's genuinely one of my favourite things to to do to be involved in to be introduced to new podcasts like I always have my little routine I have a reservoir near my house I go and walk around listening to the entries so that I'm not sort of just like being distracted by my phone or anything like that and Mm. you know I always remember where I am when I hear them and I just hearing new voices in my ears and just having a kind of tiny part in being able to highlight them for others to find through the BPAs I think that's what the awards do so well like they try and mix big names in with small Indies. So, like, if you look at last year's winners in the arts and culture category, um, like, Time and Again was an indie about youth crime that got gold. Firecrutch mm. and Normcore, Succession podcast, <laughs> got silver. And uh, and then Ralph and Katie got bronze, which was the BBC. So mm. a real mix in there. I just thought that was, like, a perfect sort of um, cut through of what the BPAs can do. So if mm. you are making a podcast thinking about making a podcast then do think about entering it this year you can find out how to do that at britishpodcastawards.com like all the information is on there we have a date it's the 26th of september for the bpas this year and um the i think the awards are officially opening for entries on thursday is that right that's right as soon as one year finishes the next year starts so there's always an opportunity to get your podcast out there so make sure that you do so as it is our last podcast recording, um, we thought it would be a really nice idea to look back at some of our highlights from the beginning. Um, so, Reem, let's start with you, because we have talked about highlights before on the show. And um, I think we all know Masala podcast was a particular like <laughs> high moment for you. But what else has kind of stayed with you since we started recording on PodPod? Also, one of my highlights is very, very, very early days. Um, yeah. And it's British Podcast Awards 2022, mm. uh-huh. um, where PopPod was part of it, but not technically doing anything about it yet because the brand hadn't actually launched yet. Mm-hmm. But we had a van. It was like the British Podcast Awards 2022 was set in like an outdoor tent space Mm -hmm. so it was very much like a festival vibe and there was a minivan that had the pop pod logo on it and it was the first time we were seeing the pop pod logo live and we had someone come in as a presenter and they were doing um interviews with some of the winners and those winners included people like um decode podcast Mm -hmm. um the empire film podcast the empire film podcast many big names that we later ended up having Mm -hmm. on the actual podcast as well and People were still trying to understand what PodPod was, but everyone seemed to love the idea whenever I spoke to them about it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is something that's that we need and this is something that we enjoy. So getting to see people's face light up as they get to understand what PodPod is and uh, before the launch, I think that for me, that's always going to be a big, big highlight. Yeah. Mm. That's such a nice memory because I I was on my Hindu so I couldn't go and I was really <laughs> sad about it. Um, although I had a great time in Whitstable, uh, <laughs> but yes, when we got to speak to Decode at Podcast Day Twenty Four, that was a real highlight. Just because we were maybe doing something, it felt like we were 
talking about podcasting in a different way than we talked mm. about it before. We were looking at all aspects, the sound design and the way that music can be so effective in podcast form, which was still it's still quite rare, I think. I really loved all, all of that. You just reminded me. Um, Adam, what about you going back? Any sort of early memories like Reem? So Podcast 24 was fantastic because it was a wonderful opportunity to hear just a, a huge selection of people sharing their their passion around podcasting. And it it was a, a quite interesting cross-section of different approaches to podcasting and, mm-hmm. and to audio. And sort of, for me, one of the highlights throughout the last year and a half has been talking to the people actually making podcasts and hearing the different ways that they approach the the craft of audio production and the craft of storytelling more broadly because we've heard so many different approaches you know from the very very sort of polished professional production where every last inch of the waveform is scrutinized and (laughs) and tweaked and massaged until it's absolutely flawless right the way through to the really sort of raw kind of authentic guerrilla podcasting where it's much more about just getting that reaction and that conversation in the moment and bringing stories to listeners in as unfiltered a way as possible. And I think looking at the sort of the blending of all of those different styles is one of the absolute joys of working in the podcast industry. Yeah, there's no sort of right or wrong way to do it, is there? Because we just, we never know. We never know what's going to take off. I feel like we've learned on PodPod that nothing is guaranteed in podcasting and like a really good idea doesn't equal loads of listeners. But I think every episode produced of a podcast is essentially a learning curve. You will have got something out of it, valuable, even if you don't realise it at the time, whether it's like a new guest because maybe you've made a new contact for the future or you've learned to edit a little better or you've honed your interviewing techniques. I think from the perspectives of both being in front of and behind the mic, I think we've covered an awful lot on PodPod and... You know, I really hope that it has been of use to you, the listeners, as much as it has to us, the presenters and producers, because like you say, the the kind of varied amount of people that we've spoken to has just been sort of invaluable. And I hope that PodPod will always sort of remain as a sort of database for, you know, everything you need to know. Like if you're like, oh, I need to learn how to just like speak better on mic (laughs) then Mm. you know there will be a we'll we'll do an interview about that and actually one of the one of the specific highlights for me has been speaking to people people like david law and Mm. people that we've got on the podcast who you know have said to us oh i love that interview that you did with so and so or you know this conversation you had i found really useful and the fact that that david law uh who is one of the co-hosts of the tennis podcast uh the multi-award winning tennis podcast <laughs> i should say um and the fact that he is a was a listener to to pod pod and actually you know approached us in in the first place uh, mm. i i think is is really gratifying 
and does, I think, for me, demonstrate that the conversations we have do actually have a meaningful impact on on people's podcasting sort of journeys, which is, yeah, yeah, very special. Um, Reem, are there any sort of particular standout guests or any lessons from them that you might take forward to your next podcast? I I have one that's a standout guest slash key learning for me where my dad wrote porno very early on. I think it was probably our fifth or sixth episode. Yeah, it was a great early. episode. It was yeah. the first time that I, I made my debut on the podcast as was a co-interviewer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And it was, it was such a good um, interview. And because the podcast was ending, it ended up being our most successful episode of PogPod. Mm. Here's the learning. When you have a podcast episode that successful early on when you start a podcast as in fifth sixth episode you're always going to attempt to chase that high mm. and it's just it it ends up unfortunately leading to a lot of disappointment mm. because you're always trying to compare it to that success but you need to recognize that that was a one-off thing and actually this is where like where the other episodes are landing this is where your average is and this mm-hmm. is what's what's successful and what's not yeah um so it's i mean i don't regret it i still think i I loved speaking to them i i loved doing that interview um but it was just it was learned a a key takeaway for me for me i guess it's about like sort of reminding yourself that you're you are um sort of piggybacking on other people's fans in that moment Mm. for you know there is an element of that right but that's the importance of like cross sharing and cross promotion because you are able to sort of speak to other people who would not normally listen otherwise and then hopefully they might keep listening right that's always Mm. the point so we always need to be really really um on it when it comes to making sure that our guests and us share each other's work (laughs) But also, I think that every podcast or every kind of podcast is going to have that one anomalous spike, mm-hmm. whether it's kind of a a sort of recent news event or trend that just happens to coincide with one of your recent episodes that gets picked up or, you know, something ends up going viral for completely unpredictable reasons you are always going to have like a weird spike that you're as you say room just constantly trying to to recapture and it's it can be quite detrimental i feel like to focus on on those kinds of numbers too much because some sometimes you're just never going to be able to replicate that one sort of lightning in a bottle moment and that's okay yeah, I think that's the thing, especially for producers or companies or production houses. If they're always, mm. if they want you to sort of like book bigger people or celebrities, or you know, that's actually that in itself is not a sustainable model. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a really tough one. Um, but I, I tell you what, I, I loved speaking to Andy and Dan from No Such Thing as a Fish because that is like my podcast yes. idol. Um, that was a real highlight for me. But I also. As a film and TV critic, I love speaking to all the movie people as well, like Empire and the Cinemile, speaking of guerrilla podcasting, mm. like hearing their different approaches and also interviewing my husband, Mike. I was going to say, I'm not just that saying was, this. That was pretty our, our episode with Mike is Loki, I think, certainly top three episodes for me. Wow. There that you go. So the importance of a fan base. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, yeah. And also, I feel like there are areas that I just knew nothing about before working on PodPod, which I now feel really quite informed on. Like, 
owning your IP and the mm. importance of not giving everything away and understanding how production companies can both really help and also perhaps hinder individual success. So I do feel like there are so many things I'm going to take away from having hosted PodPod. One thing that I'm slightly upset that we're not taking away from PodPod is a Nimono sound capsule. Oh, you after, tried. After, you really did try. You really did try so and hustle. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> after after testing it out at both the podcast show and the British Podcast Awards, somehow I do not have one in my in my possession. Um, yeah. Not that I'm not that I'm bitter about that at all. No, you didn't hustle hard enough. Clearly, no. Well, clearly. If, if Nimono wants to give it as a farewell gift, I was going to say. Great, yeah. we would not say no. Yeah, you know where we are. No, you yeah. know how to find us. That's it. That's it. I'm sure Nimona are really up for giving away a really expensive product. Wishful thinking. <laughs> um, so, Reem, obviously, a huge part of what you do on PodPod is not podcast based, but we can find all of your work on the website. And because you have. I, I don't mean this in a, this sounds like a negative thing, churned out. I don't mean churned out like you've just, but you, your volume, the volume of your work is insane. You have mm. written so much on the pod, again, another invaluable database, a mine of information. Um, but in amongst all of that, all of the work that you've done on that, is there anything that stands out for you that you're really proud of? Well, I would say the top ones from the over 800 pieces of content I've written <laughs> this um, are, are probably the long, long form features I've worked on, the analysis ones. There's one that came out recently um, that we spoke about on the podcast before, which was all about IP. Yes. Um, and for that one, I interviewed the team at My Dad Wrote Porno. I interviewed Holy Smokes Audio, who we've had on the podcast before, mm-hmm. uh, Co, which is a, a media law firm. And it was just so interesting getting to learn about what kind of things you need to know before signing away your IP and how do you protect it from the very beginning and how do you make sure that you have full ownership and is it actually worth having full ownership Mm. or not because sometimes Mm. it's worth sacrificing because it means you can actually go your podcast a bit more so that one's definitely one of my top ones there's one that I wrote a while back about um news podcasts and why they've become such a big trend in the industry and why people are listening to news podcasts now more than ever. Um, And that was based on a set of data that Global uh, sent to us before they made it public. And I really, really enjoyed writing that one as well Mm -hmm. because I I like seeing where trends come from and why they've changed and why they've adapted. Um, So definitely one of my highlights. And then I would say the... I'll, I'll give three. And so my third one um, is one that I wrote about um, how to target Gen Z podcast listeners, mm. because as a Gen Z person myself, it was interesting talking to other people and seeing what their opinion is on how do you reach this type of demographic and then knowing that I can validate it or not based on my experience. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just interesting to see how the way different audiences respond to different forms of of advertising for example or different Mm -hmm. formats and and how much they would give all of their trust into um the host and Mm -hmm. and that's 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 how brands can end up reaching them not that there's any like parasocial relationships with the hosts or whatever not i have personally experienced that (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> if but you yeah, were to was... have a parasocial relationship with a hoe, <laughs> <laughs> who would let it me, be? Let me take let me take out my phone to see the list of podcasts <laughs> I'm subscribed to. Um, but yeah, I would say I would say those are probably the top features that I've worked on. But I'm proud of all all the rest of the work that I've done, and I think. Each one that I've written has helped me grow more and more as a journalist. So, um, yeah, they're all my babies. Mm. What's been the most sort of surprising thing? Because I think for me, one of the one of the things that I wouldn't have expected, kind of going into PodPod, is the amount of listeners that are willing to subscribe to podcasts in general. My natural assumption would be that you know people aren't going to give you money for something that they can get for free mm. you know and that it's the bonus content and whatnot in terms of things like patreon and and stuff that are really going to sell a subscription plan but actually from the conversations we've had that doesn't appear to have been the case there's a lot of listeners that are perfectly happy to give a podcast money just to to support it so that's been a real, a real uh, pleasant surprise for me. I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really surprise me because look at how much like one individual would be subscribed to so many different platforms at the same time. Like, I'm, I'm subscribed to like Netflix, Amazon, mm. all these different Disney. platforms. Yeah. So for me, if there's a creator that I really like and I enjoy their content, if I'm adding like an additional five pounds a month where I'm subscribing to their content. It's not that big of a deal for me. That's part of the the sort of reason it surprises me because a Netflix or an Amazon Prime or a Disney Plus or whatever, that's, let's say, five to ten pounds a month and you get so much content. Whereas with a Patreon subscription, five to ten pounds a month and you get sort of one channel's worth of worth of content yeah but you know where your money's going absolutely Mm. i think that's it right like you can actually see that you can see you can support an individual you don't you're not sort of supporting these massive like fat cats that are untouchable and billionaires already you can see how your money is directly helping somebody build their business and contribute to their life i don't think that's very and you know what you're getting for it as well because you can you know you can in most cases have a direct relationship with that creator and say yes more of this less of this in a way that you kind of can't with the likes of netflix but that's Mm -hmm. that i think is a a really a really eye-opening trend for for me personally Rihanna, are there any sort of ones that got away in terms of guests? Are there any sort of people that you would have loved to to have on to interview that we didn't get a chance to? I mean, we could have interviewed so many more people. I think from my perspective as a host, um, as a presenter, then I would have loved to have spoken to maybe more... Um, more sort of like creative hosts creative presenters who Mm. maybe kind of straddle both of like the you know they are like the minds behind the podcast and they also Mm. create them because that's something that i would love to be able to kind of create something which utilizes my skill as a reviewer as a critic um and also host it well and not have to sort of like compromise on either of those things um so i feel like there are still some lessons for me to learn out there um but it yeah, I mean, there are so many people. Um, I think I'd have really liked to have heard from, like, some commissioners 
Um, mm. Definitely, I think we did, we probably have spoken to them in in sort of like slightly sideways roles, I suppose. I mean, Willard Foxton was a really interesting one, re- our yeah. most recent guest, because he sort of uh, he was you know worked in development, and that is sort of similar. He's the one like the, the step before the commission, I suppose. Um, mm. And that was really fascinating for me. So we did speak to Barometer about sort of like brand safety in non-Western countries in podcasting. Do you think that was do you think that was useful? Do you think we could have pushed it a little bit more with kind of who we then got on afterwards to speak about those the podcast that she was actually talking about? Yeah, I think I mean it would have been interesting to do an entirely different episode as well, Justin, uh, on how does brand safety work in other countries where they don't speak English mm-hmm. um, and how does AI play into that as well because with AI we know that it could translate um, uh, audio into text in English very well mm-hmm. does it do the same in other languages because I know and, and I mentioned this on the episode as well with Arabic you have different dialects so yes. exactly how are you like how is AI going to be um, super accurate in that type of scenario um, so I think, ju- yeah, just that would have been good as an entirely different episode. And uh, I mean, it's, it could be something that that other people explore in the future later on. I'd definitely be listening to it. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. I genuinely would love to hear it from producers and hosts of podcasts from around the world. That would be so, I think, invaluable to us here. Um, Adam, what about you? Any kind of dream guests or missed opportunities? So speaking of that kind of more global sort of remit and also the kind of translation-based stuff that a lot of companies like Barometer are kind of looking into, one of the people that I would have loved to have on the show is uh, Stephen Bartlett uh, from Diary of a CEO. We did speak to Ant Smith, who is the head of trailers at Diary CEO, but I would have loved to have Stephen on the podcast to uh, turn the tables, if you like, and uh, and get a chance to interview him about how he sees podcasting kind of evolving in the future. I think it's quite interesting. Earlier last year, he put out an announcement a uh, about his desire to start a podcast network uh, which we have not really heard anything about since yep. so i'd be curious to know what the uh, what the deal is with that and whether that's still a, a going concern also adam like a big challenge reams talked about the british podcast awards 2022 which you were just starting to get involved in and then the bpa's 2023 was your kind of first chance to really put your stamp on the award so how did that all go how did that feel uh the bpa's 2023 was terrifying uh, (laughs) but was definitely a career highlight for me getting the chance to get on stage in front of god knows how many hundreds of podcast industry creators and producers and luminaries and introduce the awards uh, as well as presenting a couple of them was yeah as i say but, uh, quite daunting for someone that's that's never done any kind of on stage awards stuff before but really really rewarding and as much as anything else it was fantastic getting the opportunity to 
speak to so many of the fantastic creators that mm. make up the industry and just see how deeply passionate and deeply engaged they are with podcasting as a as an art form and as a as a creative medium and it's something that I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to doing more of uh, in the run up to this year's awards and mm. something that I'm I'm really keen to ensure remains a, a core part of the awards is having that that shared passion and that shared enthusiasm for the craft of podcasting. Well, again, as we said, you can go to BritishPodcastAwards.com to find out how you can get involved. Um, and as you say, I think this will be a real opportunity to kind of step it up even more and to involve even more podcast creatives. Um, I think that brings us to the end of the Pod Pod podcast. Oh, very last one. Um, thank you so much to all of the guests who have joined us over the past couple of years. It has been such a joy to speak to each and every one of you. And thank you for imparting your knowledge about podcasts. Thanks, as ever, to Rethink, to Ollie and Emma, our producers. And thank you, of course, to the listeners. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, and hopefully you can still get involved in the new iteration. Adam, Reem, it's been a pleasure podcasting with both of you. Um, keep pushing this fantastic medium forward. Keep creating great content. And thank you, Rihanna. <laughs> Thanks. This is Team Pod Pod signing off. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh-huh.